Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Inshallah, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Just want to share some quick, exciting news. I have a new ebook out. It's called Marriage Advice for Single Muslimers. If you have been thinking about marriage and you have questions that you need answering, such as, once I get married, will I lose my freedom? What are the red flags I should look out for? What's a halal way of finding a prospective spouse? How can I get to know someone without dating? How do I know if he is the one? If they are the type of questions that you have, or maybe you have a friend or a sister who is thinking of marriage, but she needs some answers, then the book Marriage Advice for Single Muslimers is the book for you. You can purchase it at smartmuslimer.com. In total, I have answered 28 questions, and these are mainly, they're the most common questions that I have been receiving from sisters when I have done the Muslim Marriage Masterclass and then when I I am they fill in the survey that's on my website so take a look it's uh, smartmuslimer.com I have got the link in the podcast notes as well and I'd love to get your feedback on it on the book as well Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to podcast. My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host. Inshallah, I hope you're doing well. If you would like to stay updated on um, new episodes for the podcast, then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to me. Um, you can also sign up to the newsletter on smartmuslimer.com. Um, I send out regular emails with you know updates about what's going on and, and free stuff. So that's if you're interested, inshallah. But let's um, get on with the topic today. So it's, um, I don't know if you've heard, but in Switzerland, they have banned um, the wearing of the burqa and niqab in public places. And they're following in the footsteps of France, Belgium and Austria. And 
the reason why I'll give you a bit of the facts behind what happened. Um, so they had a referendum. So it's the people voting. So the Swiss voters, they um, they had a referendum because they have a form of direct democracy where you know laws can be passed by the will of directly by the will of the people. So just over fifty one percent of Swiss voters. Um, they, they were in favour of this initiative to ban people from covering their faces completely on the streets, in shops and restaurants. And so, um, but what they have said is full face veils will still be allowed to be worn inside places of prayer and for native customs, such as carnival. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Native customs. Um, now, so that's what happened this week. Now, straight away, you must be thinking, because this is what I thought, that um, we're in a pandemic and everyone's being told to cover their face for health and safety reasons. So um, straight away, there's um, it doesn't make sense, does it? That, OK, you can wear face covers for health, but you can't wear a face veil. Um, so that's the first point to just... These, these are things to I really want you to critically think about. This is what... Um, we're doing today okay now the other th- thing here is it wasn't now the swiss parliament they were actually um they said they were against this they said it's a fringe phenomenon and instead they proposed an initiative that would for- force people to lift their face facial coverings when asked to confirm their identity so they said that that's what we should do but the people the majority and it's a slim majority. Just imagine if two percentages down, and it wouldn't have. Um, it would have been a different story. Um, then again, maybe I don't know what the percentage is for it to pass. I, I just assumed that. Okay, but you can see it was. Um, but it was the people who thought this, and I think um, we do need to think as because uh, as intelligent people, we know where do people get. So in a country, so in Switzerland, where were those people getting their ideas from? Yeah, they didn't, um, they hold a certain view about face veils and that they need to be banned. So where did they get that from? Um, And now um, what's interesting is that you, the um, Alliance of Hoteliers and Tourism Professionals, they actually said they were against it because they said, look, this burqa ban, it's going to damage our reputation and we are going to come across as an intolerant tourism destination. It's when you ban things, you are intolerant and we are not intolerant. We are um, a tolerant liberal nation. That is what Switzerland calls itself. So, okay, so you had that now. Um, so so the question is, why did, that, that's what we have to think about, why did 51% of the people who voted think that yeah we need to ban this what made them get to that point so now number one supporters of the ban argue that it also intended to stop violent street protesters and football hooligans wearing masks and that the referendum text does not explicitly mention islam or the words niqab or burqa Okay, so this is that's what they're saying. That no, it's not just we're not just saying this to Muslims. It's anyone who's doing. You know, um, I don't know how often they have violent protests in Switzerland. That would be something to find out. So, um, 
But so this is the thing. So this is now it's very interesting, the language that was used. So now let's just look at um, Switzerland as a state. Now, um, it, it says it's a democratic nation. It believes in liberal values of, you know, t- um, that you should, you know, people have freedom of speech. So you, uh, you know, you have the freedom to of religion, you have freedom of um, expression, you know, and so that expression can come in your clothes. Yeah, that's a form of expression. And they are very strong on women's rights as well. These are all the things that they say. And if we look at this, these are things that they then, as Switzerland and other um, European nations who have banned um, the niqab, they then say these ideas are good. These are, um, and these are what Muslim countries should adopt. Yeah, that isn't that what they say to? They want to. Um, give those ideas to our countries and to people and to the Muslims living in those countries, they say, these are the ideas you should adopt. And in particular, so I want to focus on the idea of liberal toleration. And it's interesting, the banning of the face veil in Switzerland actually reveals a gaping wound at the heart of this liberal society and all liberal societies really that are one by one banning the niqab. And then it's and that it's inherently it's got racial intolerance, um, because it's a, uh, Muslims are different are of different races basically, and they have there's a, there's like this cultural supremacy that exists, and that they want us to adopt. If you're living in their countries, they want us to feel their dress. So this is an example. Their dress code is the best dress code. That's the dress code we should adopt, and our dress code. Um, here it's a niqab is not the best dress code there's something wrong with it now you might be thinking well um, niqab isn't fard you know it's you can it's you can wear it if you want you don't have to and it's the hijab that's okay that's fard obligatory but the point is this is actually that's really missing the point um, the niqab is a symbol of Islam only Muslims wear niqabs yeah and when by banning that it's done, what message does it send to all Muslims of all, you know, gradients of um, religiosity? It's telling them that, you know, your symbol of Islam is not welcome here and we're going to ban it, yeah? And, the re- and, and we'll look at the reasons why they give. Like, um, but okay, so let's just look back at liberal, the idea of liberal toleration. Where did it come from? Now, it developed in the throes of European religious conflict in the 17th century. So if you, um, now, John Locke, who he's seen as the father of liberalism, he initially sought to devise a philosophy to remove conflict from the society that came from competing versions of the good life. And if you look at the history, the wars that happened, religious wars that happened um, during the 17th century, you'll see that um, so people were... Christians were killing each other in the thousands because they disagreed on what is the version of the good life, you know, a good way to live. And so he came up with this idea and it was adopted, but slowly, slowly it was adopted that, okay, what we need is that we need to have a neutral state. So the government um, needs to be neutral and they would act as a mediator. Yeah, they rise above the fray and they don't take sides. In theory, at least, citizens would be free to pursue their own version of what made them happy. 
And this approach was reaffirmed by John Stuart Mill, you, you may want to Google him, whose harm principle set out criterion for um, individuality to flourish. So in essence, what these thinkers um, lay down the foundations of the idea that the state could not intervene in the personal realm, realm or indeed the public realm unless real harm resulted from an activity. Both Locker Mill and others built the contours of a society that would preserve and widen a free and liberal pol polity. In this political environment, all people would f flourish. So it, in essence, it's the idea that um, you can um, have your religion, and again, they're, they're secular here, so you have your religion and you have your values and your ideas, um, and um, the way you interact in societies don't allow that to get in the way of the way... Um, you know, the, um, living each other's lives. Don't um, try to, you know, I don't try to put my ideas onto another person. I keep them to myself, but no one can then interfere in my, how my religious practices and the my version of the good life, how I, what makes me happy. So that's what liberal societies at the moment, that's what they say, don't they? That um, you have these freedoms, so, you know, and you can do what you want. Just don't harm as long as you're not harming, as long as it's consensual, um, now, this is what's interesting, is that you have, um, so there's lots of um, lip service given to equality amongst people, so gen equality amongst genders, equality amongst religions, and that everyone has these rights. Um, but, again, look, this Switzerland example shows that's not true in theory, especially when it comes to Muslims, that they do, that... Um, they don't like our culture. They don't agree with our culture. They don't. They think their values and again their dress code, the you know, their views on parenting, their views on gender relationships, they are better than ours. And so, and this Switzer, this ban, it highlights that. That um, and and now someone could say, well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It was the people who decided it, not the government. But let me just um, read out to you that on a video on the Swiss government's website explaining the arguments in favor of a ban proposed that, this is the begin quote, religious veils like the burqa or the niqab are a symbol of oppression of women and aren't suitable to our society, end of quote. So that's and something on the Swiss government's website. Now, how is that being um, 
a fair and unbiased mediator, as liberals say they are, that that's what the government should be like. And that how is that allowing individual Muslim women to flourish? Yeah, so it, um, we see here uh, on paper, one thing is there, but in reality, it's completely different. If you look at the posters now, now again, now here's a who um, there was a another sorry the main organisation that was um, pushing the ban on the burqa. It was um, it was an um, the, it, there was a reference. It was it's not I can't pronounce the name. I'm going to butcher it. Edgar King and Committee, an association that also successfully pushed for a vote to ban the building of new minarets in 2009 and which has links to the populist right-wing Swiss People's Party. Their campaign ads um, showed a woman wearing a garb and sunglasses alongside the slogan Stop Extremism, Yes to the Veil, veil Ban. So you, can you see that in this idea that um, in liberal societies, extremist, extreme racist and... Um, views are allowed to be said with the excuse of its freedom of expression um and the so these posters are you know if you google the post it's um so um what's the word it's dehumanizing to muslim women and um it's a pure like it's like um nazi propaganda frankly what they did to the jews um that when you've got that being plastered around the towns and cities of course, that's going to affect the people, the way they're thinking. They're thinking, yeah, that these Muslims who wear a niqab, they are extremist. And as we know, if you know on your social media feed, if you like a particular YouTube video with that kind of racist right-wing content, or you you know, you know like a person on Instagram, the feed will give you more of that. So then your vision and your you're just hearing one voice, um, like an echo chamber, you're just hearing one point of view and it, your that view, unless you make a um, an effort to actually listen to the other point of view, and how many would? How many are going to go on to, you know, a Swiss Muslim Association website, you know, or um, go onto their feed? Um, that that's not really that doesn't happen. People just want to hear with what they agree with. So this intolerance. So what I really want to highlight here is that liberalism it's is intolerant of other views it's um you know um there's an interesting um thinker called Bhikkhu Parikh who um he talks about this he he says there's a narcissism in liberal thinkers and, and in their practice and that if you do not conform to the dominant consensus you do not deserve equal recognition now isn't that true that's exactly what's happening because we don't our way of life our views doesn't agree with the dominant consensus therefore you don't get equal recognition your clothing doesn't need to be your your clothing should be banned just like the burkini in france um this consensus is both intellectual and cultural those who refuse to embrace the values of liberal universalism and who do not represent the cultural attitudes of the dominant group have all too often been marginalized by liberals pushed to the fringe and pushed to the fringes of society. Both theory and practice, as well as informed reading of history, attest to this chauvinism that has all too often been associated with liberal ideology. So I go back to the idea of this cultural su supremacy that exists. They, they think, feel they are um, 
culturally more superior than us and therefore it's okay to ban our cultural clothing. Now what's interesting is um, I, I searched for quite a long time looking for okay so uh, wh- where are the liberal feminists why are they not speaking up against this because isn't you could say this is an attack on women's clothing um, a policing how women dress and I haven't found anything you know um, Emma Watson you know um, Malala Yousafzai who talks about women's rights like the list goes Jermaine Greer I'm sure you can think of others I haven't I looked on Twitter I searched online silence and so again it's very interesting um, that someone could say well they're really busy they've got lots on their plate that they're talking about already but it's interesting that when it comes to um, you know people are very quick feminists in, in particular are very quick to criticize Islam that Islam is intolerant Islam is um, forcing um, um, women to wear certain clothes and it's oppressive but isn't isn't what's happening in Switzerland isn't this oppressive based on their values isn't it um, the policing of women's clothing isn't you know the banning of um, um, you know choices being taken away from women but absolute silence from white liberal feminists and you have to, so then we need to think when they then feel so they're deciding when they'll talk about um, what's good or bad for Muslim women? Um, why do we even listen to them? Yeah, why? Do, and I would then also there was one Muslim feminist organisation that um, did um, speak about this. Again, I am going to um, completely butcher their name because it's in French. Les Follards Violets. Um, they said this clear is clearly an attack against the Muslim community in Switzerland. What is aimed here is to stigmatise and marginalise Muslims even more, said Ines Al-Sheikh. Um, she's a member of that um, collective. And I agree with her completely. Um, so it is, it's exactly that. That's what they're trying to do. But then the solution isn't, what I would say here now is that my solution then wouldn't be that, and as Muslims, we don't think, well, okay, we then need to become feminists to fight this because... Feminism is a liberal ideology. If you, you know, I've done, please listen to previous podcasts. So, um, that it, you know, it's, it, it's a, it, like I said, it's a liberal, this intolerance is liberal intolerance and feminism and, um, is, an intol- is intolerant to Islamic views as well about gender, about clothing, about um, marriage and relationships. So, so yes, I would really, this whole thing is, um, and it's interesting, again, it was International Women's Day. Again, the hypocrisy is not lost on any of us because it's supposed to be challenge, um, challenging. That's it. I've forgotten the hashtag um, about the idea of challenging things. But no, who, the silence from women's rights organisations has just been deafening. Yeah. And that should teach us a lesson that do not go to those people to expend them, expect them to defend our rights because they'll only do it when it suits their agenda. There's just, I'm just going to end on one person who, um, it was very interesting what I did find on Twitter. There's someone called Farah S. L. Essa. You can Google her. Um, she's Kuwaiti. And in her um, bio, it says, public servant, liberty, justice, equality, and dignity for all. But this is what she wrote on Twitter. An outdated custom mistakenly thought of as a religious edict that needs to be weeded out 
However, the education route is preferred over bans. If this crisis has taught us anything, it is that humans cannot interact normally with their faces covered. So she's speaking about, so she thinks the niqab should be weeded out. Again, what kind of language is that that's being used? It's weeded out. And then the next statement is ridiculous. Humans cannot interact normally with their face covered. But isn't that what every single person is doing now to going to work with a face covering on? We're traveling, teachers are wearing it, students are wearing it. Again, you just think, the hypocrisy is saying, I believe in liberty, justice, equality and dignity for all. But that's not true. You don't want, where's the dignity for Muslim women? Okay, so that's a lot, to, you know, just food for thought, really. That's what was the purpose of this podcast today, because um, we all know, we blatantly see the hypocrisy here. But I wanted to just raise the issue of intolerant. Liberals are intolerant. And how dare they call <coughs> Muslims and Islam intolerant? Um, and we shouldn't listen, believe that narrative, because it's just not true. And this Switzerland banning um, the niqab has just blatantly um, illustrated that. Asalaamu Alaikum. This episode is brought to you by farhatameen.com, a website that specialises in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatameen.com today. 